Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Because he has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, September 19th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 15-year adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. It's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year, so... Got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? It's time to get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is here, changing the world, one chemo infusion at a time. That's right, Matthew. And tonight's show, we're very excited. It's all about Health Corps, the organization that focuses on healthy living for high school students, founded by Dr. Mehmet Oz and his wife, Lisa. And joining us tonight is their daughter, Zoe Oz, who's a youth health advocate. She's a blogger for TeenDailyStrength.com, and she's a contributor to You, the Owner's Manual for Teens. Also, Amy Barone, who's Director of Communications for Health Corps, and Sarah Frank, who's a coordinator for Health Corps at Westside High School here in New York City. And kicking it off in our Survivor Spotlight, Matt Klein, a young adult survivor of Hodgkin's disease. The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation, online at stupidcancer.com. We're not your father's cancer society, and we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs. So... Welcome aboard. Another fun and exciting romp to the hay on tonight. Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure, survivorship is all that matters. And a stupid cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck. And we want to give a special shout-out to anyone new who just learned about us at the Classy Awards out in San Diego. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. And as a reminder, the Stupid Cancer Show has a live interactive chat feed during each live broadcast, and we invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, and ask questions of our guests. We have a great show tonight. Yes, we do. Welcome, everybody, to the Stupid Cancer Show. Welcome. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. I'd like to welcome our in-studio crowd. Big crowd. We love that. Big crowd. Big crowd tonight. 
Uh, returning champion, Mr. Kenny Kane. Hello, sir. What up, what up? VP Operations for the uh, I2I group here. Uh, Dr. Reverend James Manning, as always. Uh, he's far away from the mic. He's far away I'm from the here. Yes. Hello, Matt. Hello, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Trying to be quick on the... Oh, see, he's got to pick up the mic again. We have he's such a full lazy. house that he's... He's lazy. Yeah, he's all the way. He's been booted from his usual spot. And this woman, and I see woman because she is a lovely woman, gets insane props, returning champion extraordinaire, gold standard, platinum, and bronze <laughs> all together, the one and only Amanda Freeman. How are you, sweetheart? It's great to be back. Our, our broadcast production. Now, how do we? She's our broadcast production assistant. She's and, our original broadcast. Yes. She's the first and pioneering broadcast That's production right. assistant. For Blaze the, the trail. Show. I'm going to try to steal my job back from James because <laughs> I now have Mondays off. Oh, Uh-oh. SmackDown. I smell a cage match. <laughs> Stupid cancer SmackDown. And not just any cage match. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cancer cage match. That's, That's right. That's the best kind. Oh, yeah. Uh, I fought more battles than you. I'll win. Oh, oh wow. She's throwing it down. You guys have to wrestle in toxic waste. <laughs> huh? Yeah. In toxic waste? Yeah. Is, that, so, is that on Long is that, Island? Is that, <laughs> in Roslyn, New York. Just to wrestle in Roslyn, New York. We just lost Long Island as a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> So good. Join the list of the many others <laughs> exactly. that we've lost along exactly. the way. Exactly, insane, insane. We're insane. thrilled that Amanda's back though. It's been a long time. No, it's amazing, and her hair's growing back. And she looks she's, absolutely she's gorgeous. gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely stunning, stunning. You're, we're, that, I'm just in awe. We're so proud of you. We we're are. We're very proud. Stand here, Gog. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gift that keeps on giving. It is just forever. God bless Kenny. To Kane. the viewers out there on our video on our website of our last OMG summit. We all have uh, good fun ribbing Matthew, who says in the video, I stand here agog, to which I say, what, what sayest thou, Matthew, that you stand here agog? I've never actually u- heard that word used in conversation. How unctuous of you. And I, <laughs> and I actually thought, knowing Matthew, that he said, I stand here agog. Yes, yeah, we all did. Everyone thought I said that. <laughs> I stand here agog. How perspicacious of your pulchritude. <laughs> Speaking of pulchritude, Kenny thought you said, from, I stand here a blob. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the man of mercurial whimsicality mindsets. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, well, well, we had a, uh, a hell of a weekend. Fabulous weekend. We had a hell of a fabulous weekend. Yes, yes we did. What happened? Evidently, we're classy. We are classy. We never knew that we're classy. We won. We won. We won. We freaking won. <laughs> We won something. We won. The Stay Classy, the Classy Awards, brought to you by StayClassy.org, is the nation's largest philanthropic award ceremony honoring organizations achieving milestones in specific categories unlike any other group. Uh, This is their third annual. They've been around for obviously three years, and they've grown and gained a tremendous amount of momentum and credibility. Um, We were nominated for... Most innovative use uh, of social media out right. of like over 2,000 charities that applied and the 1.5 million charities in this country. Hmm. We made the top 100. Yep. Then we made the top thanks 10. To, thanks to a lot of our listeners who Facebook liked us insanely when no, we, the we, nomination we, first came out, right? Yeah, well, the phase one, I'll, I'll call, you know, I'll call it stage one because it's cancer. Right. Stage <laughs> one of the State Classic Awards was that we had to get 100 people to like us on their website. So we had like 800 people like us in a day. Well, because 
you know, if you're going to be good at social media, yes. you got to rack yes. up the likes. you got to know how to rack up the likes pretty quickly. Right, and then so, the, the only other one that came close actually beat us, but it took him like two weeks. Oh, yeah. So I think the state classy folks recognize uh, Africa, <laughs> orphans, AIDS, con- poverty, the hunger. Rain, the rain's down now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm going to queue up my Toto. Is that what you yeah, want? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll hang up this award next year, Precocious Piano Player Award. What? Exactly. What do you, oh, no, perspicacious pulchritude. Okay. Do you even know what that means? I'm going to go uh, spotlight it. Okay, go ahead. On my MacBook. Kenny's going to get us the definition. I already forgot what you said. From Wicked Ginger. Yeah. <laughs> wicked Ginger. No, wick, wicked Ginger. Wicked. <laughs> anyway, so we had like 800 people like us in like the first day. And then uh, our director of development, Colleen, attended the event last night. Right. Um, not last night. Saturday two nights night. ago. Telling me that like we had to be there, we just had like we're not gonna beat Africa and orphans and <laughs> abuse. We're, we're not gonna beat all and fine kids. causes. All fine causes, but we're not gonna beat them. They always win. Africa always wins. God bless Africa. Right. Darfur wins. Okay, water wins. Children win. Cancer doesn't win. Yeah, we won. We won. We won. Unbelievable. Best use, oh, most innovative use of social media in all of nonprofit land for 2011, the entire country. This show, yeah, it's a big deal. We're damn proud of it. We're very proud of it, and yeah. we, we we are insanely proud of everyone out there who has made this show absolutely what it is. Listening weekly, listening on iTunes, listening live podcasts, whatever it is. That's why we want it. Thanks to everybody. Yes, who who takes part in the show, who comes on the show, the listeners, and everybody out there, and the guests, the quality of the guests, the content. It's unlike anything oh, yeah. else in healthcare. That's the part about the people who are on the show. Those are the guests. Oh, yeah, the guests. Oh, the I guests. think I said that first. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you said the ghosts. No. No. Okay, that's the other show. That's the spooky <laughs> that's cancer our show. Imaginary show. Exactly. No, um, it's a phenomenal. We're very proud of it. It's and, amazing. Uh, Just good stuff. Um, and I did want to talk about uh, Kenny gave a rousing PowerPoint presentation uh-huh. uh, in San Diego to the National Coalition of Ecology Nurse Navigators. I did. And I give Kenny super applause. Uh, because this is his first I2Y presentation. Right. Yay. <laughs> Don't be so enthused. Yay. Well, this is, that was my presentation. Well, you, got, you guys love your nurse navigators. I oh, feel yeah. like you guys go to like 17 nurse navigator events in a year. They're good people. You, well, you like the nurses. They know how to, we know this. They know how to party. You do know how to party. You, you surround yourself with I the nurses. Said they know how to drink. This is obvious. That would be inappropriate. What? They know how to party. They know how to party. Yeah. Yeah, social workers, no. Nurse navigators, yes. And I said that to rile up the social workers. <laughs> Come on, ladies. All the social workers. All the social workers. All, the so- All right, never mind. I give up. Anyway, so I was in San Diego with Kenny, and we, we spoke at NCON, this conference, and then I went off to, where'd I go? I went to Vegas. Pluto. To the Palms again. Yeah. Uh, then I went to uh, well, we'll a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah, well, that's always that's daily. <laughs> yeah. um, where have I been? I've lost track. Uh, you went to Vegas, which is where we're having the OMG Where was summit. I just? I was in Houston. I was in Houston at MD Anderson. Oh, okay. I give him a big shout out. They had the 23rd annual Cancer Survivorship Conference. 600 people were there. Wow, it's a big deal. Yeah, they had amazing speakers. They had amazing panelists. I was on a panel for young adults. Nice. With some amazing people, they had someone there named Barbara Padilla. I want okay. to bring this up because I never heard of her because I'm not a reality show person. But she was on um, America's Got Talent right, right. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. She's a soprano opera singer, incredibly talented virtuoso, diagnosed with 
uh, Hodgkins or something like that, and they wanted to give her chemo that would destroy her her throat. Mm. So she had no choice. She wanted to live, and it turns out she could sing again. Great. So we're going to get her, get her on the show in November or December. Because that show actually, I think for the most part, proves that, no, America doesn't have talent. But she's <laughs> actually one that, she, but that, she's that from, has talent. No, but she's from Mexico. So it actually oh, it, it proves I your see. theory, yes. Well, Mexicans have talent. Mexicans have lots Americans, of talent. Americans, not so much. No, not so much at yeah. all. Zero. So Barbara Padilla was there. She sang. It was extraordinary. It was like, like literally watching like wow. Pavarotti, but a, a single uh, thin Mexican female. Great. Yeah. Now, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, amazing stuff. Um, and then tomorrow, I'm off to Philly. Okay. To speak at an e-patient conference. Mm-hmm. And for those that are unfamiliar, e-patients are patients that use electronic medical records, uh, talk to doctors virtually, book their prescriptions and medical um, uh, meetings and whatever uh, online, mm-hmm. uh, and how they navigate the system uh, virtually. So e-patient technology and all that stuff will be there. I am then going to Seattle. Um, You're on a world tour. This is a, I'm on a seven or a city, national tour, seven city two week tour. Um, it's insane. But I go to Seattle for a meeting with Seattle Genetics. Hmm. Hopefully, our new partners in crime um, supporting us in the OMG Summit. I'm then going to Los Angeles to attend. Why well, other meetings there? But I'm going there early um, to go to the uh, Stand Up to Cancer screening of Fifty Fifty. Great. Where apparently Seth Rogen and Will Reiser will be. On a panel session. Look out, Matthew's going to be there, Seth and Will. Matt's going photo, to photobomb the red carpet. Ambush. Photobomb. Yeah. No, it's not a red carpet. It's just a, sc- a private screening. Oh. Yeah. But and then I go back to Seattle, and then I go back to LA. So little zigzagging. Only to wrap it up on Staten Island. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. On Sunday, I'll be on Staten yeah. Island, everyone. Don't miss me at the Beacon. What? Anyway. But uh, anyway, so that's my whirlwind tour. So look for Matthew on the road. Yes. Checking in on Foursquare across the country. Yes, exactly. Although every t- all right, my only my only dig to Foursquare, not that I'll ever be a sponsor. Well, every can, time, can I just say that the Foursquare trend ended like six months ago? I know, but I you're only the use, only person still using it. I only use it when I travel, so people know where I'm Is at. Is there a substitute for Foursquare? Gowala. Gowala. I think it's called Real Life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, Facebook Places actually is the new substitute. For oh, I see. But every time Foursquare updates the app on my phone, I have to reset Facebook and everything. So it is becoming a deterrent to be joining the ranks of people who no longer use it. Yep, another sponsor bites the dust. I'm pre-trending. Uh, well, great. So we have a lot of guests here. We should get to our guests. We should. Who wants to do You want to take the intro for, uh, for the other Matt? I will do the other Matt. Let's pick this okay. song. Whoa. This is heavy. He deserves it. Matt Klein is a 20-year survivor of Hodgkin's disease. He beats me and Lisa. Who lives on the Upper East Side of New York? He's a graduate from the University of Massachusetts and recently returned from his honeymoon in Turks and Caicos. I love Turks and Caicos. When he isn't enjoying the white sands of Turks and Caicos, he's planning events and programs for various brands across the country. He works for the Elite Marketing Group, a full-service experiential agency based in New York City. Please welcome to the Super Cancer Show the one and only Matt Klein. Wait, there's another Jewish Matt in the house. I think the room might explode. Oh, it's going to. It's yeah. going to. Pull the mic closer, Matt. Sure. Yeah. Eat it, almost. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Much Excellent. better. Excellent. Now, I, I, I yeah. promised you I would do this because I do this to all our guests who um, have mitzvahs in their lives, but I can't tell you how proud we are that you got married, and we wish you all the best. My mom is thrilled. My mom is thrilled. <laughs> this is for your wife. Uh, I hope your wife's listening. <laughs> Did you horror? 
Oh my god. Lift it up in the chair and everything? Forever. It was, I mean, the longest, the longest horror ever. <laughs> you hold it till, till it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. That's great. Now, before you tell us the story, we met at the Ungala, correct? Correct. Which was our annual fundraiser here in New York City. Totally random. Just showed up, I didn't know you, and met you there, and here you are. Absolutely. It was uh, an opportunity for me to get together with, uh, I was looking to get involved with some, some non-profits, and uh, I was introduced to you uh, from a former co-worker of mine, and came, and I figured, let me see what I could do to help out. And uh, you asked me to be here, and I jumped at it, so uh, thanks for having me. Oh, we're thrilled. So what happened 20 years ago? <laughs> Oof, 20 years ago, Besides, I woke... Was that Bush or Clinton? Mm. <laughs> that, 20... was, that was George Bush the first. Could have been the first. Yeah, it was 89 or 90. Look that up, Kenny. Yeah, it's um, crazy yeah. time, crazy time. Yeah. I was uh, actually about a year earlier, I'd, I had uh, moved out to, to Long Island. I, I changed all my doctors, and I, I was having some some issues. Um, I had uh, lumps under my arm, lump on my neck. I had headaches. I was cold. I had fevers. I had the chills. Um, things weren't tasting right. Um, I was having headaches. I never had headaches before. And I knew there was something the matter with me, but I wasn't sure what it was. And, and like I said, we had recently moved out to Long Island, and we had changed a lot of the doctors that we had. And so we were looking for, uh, we went to a new doctor out in Long Island, and he was going to test me week after week um, for mono. He was convinced that I had mono. And I knew that there was something the matter with me. I, d I didn't know what it was. I knew that there was something that wasn't right. I, I, to be honest, I thought it was brain cancer. Um, ding, I ding. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't explain the headaches. Yeah. Um, Even though you had the lumps, though, you said, under your arms yeah, and wearing you know, your neck. and Yeah, yeah on the yeah. side of my neck. And, yeah. and for me, it, you know, a kid not really knowing anything and or not really wanting to admit anything, I'm thinking that the, the lump under my arm was a pulled muscle. Right, right. Um, but I did know that there was something wrong with me. Things just weren't tasting right. You were, um, you were how old at the time? I was 15. Wow, okay. I was 15, so... Yeah. Um, it was very challenging for myself, my family, um, and, you know, I went nine months of chemotherapy, six weeks of radiation, but, you know, I, I got through it and, and I'm here today to, to, to help, uh, those that, that are, are dealing with it now, um, dealing with it mentally and physically, um, but 20 years later, I still deal it from a mental standpoint. You know, yeah. last week I was sick, and and uh, it crept up in my mind whether or not cancer's coming back. Yeah, you know, after 20 years. Oh yeah, I, yeah I mean, you, you live with it every single day. Every yeah. bump, every pain, yeah. every headache, every headache. Yeah, every yeah. headache. It's it's something that I have not been able to um, fully um, give up. You know, it's it's something that stays with you, and it probably will stay with you forever. Um, now that I'm 20 years out, it, it's not as... You'll, as, you'll as, stop caring once you have kids because yeah. they'll be throwing up on you all the time. <laughs> so did you, Matt, did you ever go to a therapy or counseling or do you now and still talk about it or no? Is well, it just something that you relied on friends and family or how did you kind of deal with it mentally or, or st still deal with it mentally? It's interesting because um, uh, in the beginning I wasn't dealing with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I decided to go, uh, it was during high school. Yeah. So very challenging time for me. Um, you know, you lost to friends. begin with. Yeah. Oh, exactly. High school exactly. sucks. <laughs> Wait, Zoe's on the show. Sorry. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I lost friends. People didn't know how to deal with it. I, I, I certainly didn't know how to deal with it. Um, you know, I don't blame any of the kids that just really weren't there to, quote, unquote, support me. Um, I don't think that they knew how to deal with a kid that was losing his hair, uh, had gained weight because of prednisone, um, you know, was in and out of school. So in the beginning, you know, I was just dealing with that, and, and I decided I wanted to go off to college to a to a school that nobody else from my from my high school was going to. I wanted to start fresh. Wow, interesting. So I, I went to UMass. There was one other person from my from my high school that actually uh, went to UMass. So it was starting. You know, nobody knew my my issues. Nobody knew my challenges. History, yeah. Exactly. Um, about five or six years ago, I started uh, therapy. And so interesting. All that time, yeah, yeah went by for fifteen or so years. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I had lost my father about a year and a half before uh, I had Hodgkins, and so, you know, I was dealing with two things. So young, so at fourteen, you lost 13. your thirteen. You 13. lost your dad. Wow. wow. Yeah. So you had to go. So your dad was already gone when you were going through this. Absolutely, that's a lot, boy. Yeah, at very challenging. That age. I have to let me give a shout out to my mother who was extremely supportive She's and in continues the chat room. to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right, mom. mom. <laughs> yeah, please. Give me a beer, please. I know. Um, All right. But uh, yeah, about five or six years ago, I started, um, you know, going through therapy and has allowed myself. It allowed myself to really talk about it a hell of a lot. Uh, um, more freely, yeah. and really uh, become active in, 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 in helping others, um, you know, whether it's just uh, being support system for, for those that are going through cancer um, and or those that uh, are the, the spouse of, of the individual going through cancer, you know, I, I'm there for them, and, and uh, that's why I, I want to jump on with you guys and, and help anybody. Yeah, that I possibly can. I think it's pretty amazing. I mean, I know, I I know for myself, I would took a few years. The emotional fallout when you know you're so focused on just getting through it, when you know, and on that track, and I'm having you know surgery, chemo, radiation, whatever it is, and then I know for myself, you know, I was a few years out. Then it was just like all the tears and all that, and you realize like, we think, am I just a ticking time bomb? Like what's you know? And it's just, it just. Whew, then the floodgates, I think, really open up emotionally. I think, I think at 15 years old, um, I don't know if I really could comprehend the severity of what I was going through. I was in stage four, huh. um, so I was pretty far along. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was, again, as you said, all about survival, uh, all about making sure I was going to get through this. And, and there was not a second that I ever questioned whether or not I was going to make it. Um, to be honest, and maybe this is my little bit of my ego, but there was no way God was taking me at this point. I, yeah. mean, I, I felt I, the same way. Like, it's just, so you know, I. it's invincibility, though. I, I, yeah. I, I felt like, you know... There's no me. way this could possibly happen. And I, but I also, I also felt like I had to take a position of, it's me against this disease and no way this thing's going to win. Right. You it, know? It's just, it's no there way... Was it's no, gonna, yeah. There was no, no, no way chance. Yeah, yeah. There was no chance. Yeah. You know, I had not seen a Knicks win a championship, so I needed to make sure that I was around for that. <laughs> How's that still going? Get your, yeah, get exactly. Your yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I'm hoping they can get on. I have it. a cemetery plot in Jersey. <laughs> I know. So. I know. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's about, for me, it was about getting through it. And then, you know, looking back at it, saying, holy cow, you know, I, I just beat something that um, was taking over my body. And yeah. I, I wasn't going to let it take me. Yeah. Uh, so. So tell us how you met your wife. 
now that you're yeah, yeah well, moving what on you and lose? having other... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I have to say, I have the greatest wife in the world, and I, I, I'm married tomorrow will be a month. Um, oh, neat. But I met her online. I met her on J-Date. Really? Yeah. That's two... how I met Matt. Yeah. I was like, you the music. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We need J-A sponsor. J-Date sponsor us. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was um, love at first uh, email. <laughs> and uh, how e-romantic of you! Uh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. But uh, yeah, we we got married uh, last month. we we went to Turks and Caicos for the honeymoon. We're there for beautiful. Was there for uh, the hurricane. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Day two. Thank wow. God we like each other because we were had a, cooped up. You say hunkered down there. Yeah, wow. It was great. It was so great. just tell us tell us real quickly because we touch on this often. When you've gone through an illness and you meet a partner, and, of course, there's that moment where you have to tell them what you've been through, and for a lot of survivors out there, particularly if there's only, uh, they're only a few years out, kind of nervous how that person's going to respond, are they going to want to take this on, and how was that for you when you met your now yeah, wife? you're just damaging goods, dude. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. Tell me about it. No. You know, it, it, it was, for me, I thought it was rather easy. Um, what I found, especially as I mentioned before, I lost my father the year before. When when people hear about some of the challenges that I've been through, um, I think they look at me and and, and um, are, say, "You rock." Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. um, so it was really easy for me to do that. To be honest, the most challenging piece about all of it was, you know, Jillian wants to have children yeah. um she is an outstanding individual and it's going to be a great mother um but at 15 years old you know i wasn't thinking about saving sperm right, i was right. thinking about saving my life sure so i don't know to this day whether or not i could have children or not yeah um and bringing up that to jillian was the most challenging part i think sure saying hey you know what um there's a chance i can't have a kid Right or two, yeah. Um, no more than that. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no more than that. No, definitely not. Two is definitely <laughs> not. Well, more than enough. But you know, I, I, so I, I brought it up to her. You know, somebody I love, somebody I want to be with forever. But if I can't provide to you what you really want, I, I, I want to let you know. Yeah. There's a chance that that might not happen. And she pretty much yelled at me and said, if you think that I would leave you because we can't have a kid together, you're crazy. You made me cry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's a superstar. Yeah. She's a superstar. <laughs> That's a mighty nice lady. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. All right. So 20 years later, every headache is cancer. Welcome to our world. Uh, you are now introduced to our organization at the Ungala, you're exposed to, for the first time? The that other Matt. That well, that there's another Matt with cancer in this world. But that there is a national movement of folks like us who are either long-term peds or diagnosed in their 20s or pissed who deserve better, and you want to make a difference, right? Absolutely. Why? Well, as I said earlier, you know, you feel... At least in high school, I was feeling that, you know, aside from, you know, certain individuals that are close to you, um, you're at times you feel like you're on you're you're battling this on your own. 
Um, and for me, it's all about, okay, how could I speak to somebody, or at the time, how could I speak to somebody that I could relate to, um, that could provide me with some guidance, uh, could develop uh, part of my, uh, my my support group that I, that I, I probably could have used but didn't really even know about it at the time. So for me, it's all about um, being able to support others that have been through what I've been through that are um, dealing with those that are, have been through what I've been through and being able to actually relate to an individual, not uh, a doctor or, or somebody that can, can go by the book, but somebody that's experienced it and, and, and been through it. Um, so that's why, you know, I, I jumped at the opportunity to support in any way I possibly can. And, and your wife is amazing because she's accepted you for what you've been through. Um, but just be sure to put your shoes away and <laughs> keep the bedroom you. neat. <clears throat> I'm the clean Wash one out the of the dishes. Two of us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm the clean one. Um, I, I take care of the yeah, cooking, the, the cleaning, and everything. The, 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 the no sperm, that's fine. But right, just do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> you can do the other stuff. Pay exactly. the bills. Right. You know, exactly. Exactly. Well, um, you're here in, you're in studio. You can chime in any time for the rest of the show. But I want to thank you for coming on, being one of our brand-new New York Fierce Advocates, um, and you're a great man. Thank you for having Matt me. Matt Klein. Matt Klein, everybody. Sticking around, Matt Klein. Let's get to the news here because uh, Zoe's on the line. And uh, Hello, here I'm we go. Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. During this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announced to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services that we don't want you missing out on. And they're all just for young adults with cancer, and they're all free. Things like conferences, happy hours, retreats, kayaking, and mountain climbing trips, finance webinars, college scholarships, bar crawls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. If you have something coming up that you'd like us to spread the word about during this part of the show, send us an email to info at stupidcancer.com. That's info at stupidcancer.com. All right, head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we certainly don't want you missing out. Matt, what's on tap? Okay, on September 21st, Nashville hosting a Super Cancer Happy Hour. Nice. On September 28th, northern New Jersey Jersey. at Legend Steakhouse in Midland Park. Uh, D.C. Metro on October 5th at Atomic Billiards. I will be there, by the way. On your world tour. On my world tour, I will be in D.C. on October 5th. Please come out to the Super Cancer Happy Hour at Atomic Billiards. Um, I will see our crew there. And finally, on October 31st, Halloween, North Carolina is having its Halloween Spooktacular. North Carolina. I just I Isn't there a New York City that. Halloween party? Don't be boopid. Yeah, when is that? <laughs> uh, the Thursday night before Halloween. Yes, yeah, the Boopid Cancer Halloween Party. That was the year most. Who came, up, who came up with that? Uh, who do you in think? A, in a moment of, of the bad reasoning. The Boopid. Boopid. Okay. I don't want to know uh, where you were when you thought of that. All right. You can only imagine. Guess what, kids? It's official. You know it. Save the date. The 5th Annual OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults in Las Vegas at the Palms Casino Resort. Put it down on your calendar, March 30th, 31st, and April 1st for an all-out weekend of insanely awesome programs, events, social networking at the hippest annual event in all of Cancerland. 
Keep your eyes peeled at omg2012.org over the coming weeks for more details. Registration begins right around the corner, November 15th. The uh, Stupid Cancer Forums have over 900 members actively using it every single day. This is your premier online support community to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com today and sign up with one click through Facebook. And And that that is your Stupid stupid Cancer cancer News. You want to take Zoe? I will take Zoe. And I'll take the other gal? Oh, yeah. I have to pretend I'm young. Oh, yeah. She's 16. This is probably even... We're even dating ourselves with this song. I know, I know, I know. It's the best we can do. Sorry, Zoe. We need... This is as hip as we can be. Lady Gaga? I have no idea. No, Lady Gaga's not bad. I go for Lady Gaga. All right. Zoe Oz is the daughter of heart surgeon and Emmy award winning talk show host Dr. Mehmet Oz. She contributed to her father's latest book, You, the Owner's Manual for Teens, and is a regular blogger on the new online health community, TeenDailyStraints.com. She's entering her junior year at Dwight Englewood School in New Jersey, where she's an avid lacrosse player. For years, she studied dance and continues to harbor a passion for the activity. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the one and only, Zoe Oz. Zoe! Hello! How are you? Hi! We're thrilled to have you. We are. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And Zoe even goes to a school that rivaled my high school. Do you still play Hackley School, Zoe? Um, not that I know of, but possibly. Oh, oh I see. I'm dating myself. We don't even... Do no, that was back in the Metazozoic era. I think so. <laughs> we had chariot races against, <laughs> against, Dwight, against Dwight Englewood. I, I guess they don't play... <laughs> anyway, we're thrilled to have you here. I was going to say we don't get a lot of 16-year-olds on the show. So yeah. I I'm and I have a I have 17-month-olds, so I can only imagine, you know, what your father's going through cuz are you driving yet? Not yet. I'm getting my license in 3 months. I can't Oh wait. my god. All right. Oh. So the all right, doctor he's not going to show that on the on the TV, but I can only imagine <laughs> what it's like to hand the keys over to your kid. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. And you're a junior in high school? I am. And you're already like neck deep in the healthcare world. I am. I'm very interested, and I'm surrounded by it all the time. So, you know, I got, I got a early start. <laughs> You're in the family business. <laughs> right, exactly. Where like a garage mechanic or something? <laughs> <laughs> Go fixing cars. Amy, get, Zoe, give me a carburetor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Good. talk to us about how you got involved uh, with, with Team Daily Trains. What is Daily Trains to begin with for our listeners? Um, how do you contribute to it? And wh- what type of uh, goals and impact are you looking to have out there? Well, Teen Daily Strength is kind of like a safe haven for a bunch of teens. So if they need a place to go and open up, and they need a place to feel comfortable all the time. So teens from all over the country can log on, and they can ask any questions that they might have regarding their health. Um, And they can chat with other teens in all different kinds of discussion groups and ask questions or talk about the issues they're having. And there's also experts that they can talk to who are giving the insights that they've had and that they've acquired over the years, and they're from all different kind of medical fields um, and all different stages of their lives. And so these discussion groups cover anything from healthy eating to relationships to managing stress. And so it's just basically a place where teens can go and talk to each other. Um, and what and about I, you, Oh, yeah, go ahead, yes, about your blog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just I, I blog about my experiences and about the advice that I can give to them from what I've what I've and learned over the years. Um, and I know that I'm, I'm only 18 as well, so I'm learning from them at the same time. Yeah, you've got it incredibly mature. I can't believe I'm <laughs> talking to a 16-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... 
three I'm times, a god. You're three times your age. <laughs> you're a god. I'm a, I'm a god. I'm a blob and you're a god. <laughs> so so what what are the um what are the biggest issues facing teenagers today? I think teens a lot of times, well, first of all, they're not getting enough sleep, and that's definitely an issue for me as well. Um, and also, a lot of teens, they, they need the information, and they want the information about their health, but they're not getting it from accurate sources, and a lot of times they're just very uncomfortable asking people about awkward topics, and which is totally understandable. And so they just never end up getting the information they need, and they either make the wrong decisions or, or they just don't know what to do. And so this site is somewhere they can go, and they know they can get accurate and, and helpful information. So let's go back to teens not getting enough sleep. That's interesting that you, just, you mentioned that as the first thing out of your mouth. Um, you know, a lot of people think of teens as sleeping a lot, perhaps, or sleeping more. Right. I mean, is, is it, never is it, yeah, right. Just playing Xbox all day. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it the stress in teens' lives? Is it they have to pack in more activities? I mean, talk, talk a little bit about that. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It differs from person to person. I know that a lot of the times I'm, I, have, I have sports until 6 o'clock, and then I have sometimes dance after that, and then I have all the work that I have. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep really late at night and waking up really early in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then from some other teens, they, they have a lot on their mind. They can't fall asleep at night. And some other ones who just procrastinate, um, <laughs> they're online. They're on Facebook. They're talking to their friends, and they don't realize what the time is. But they still have to get up in the morning. They can't just skip school. So, I mean, it's about time management, but at some point it's just you have to lose some hours of sleep to get everything done that you need to. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here and ask you to comment on this line of thinking. In this day and age of no privacy and Facebook and cyberbullying and over-texting and sexting and all this crazy stuff, does that serve as like the umbrella under which everything falls stressfully? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think that uh, there's much more stress in other kids' lives besides that. I think definitely a lot of kids are stressed out by that. Um, Facebook has opened up an entirely new world to teens, and a lot of people have become kind of consumed by it, but I, I definitely think there's other factors in it. And I don't think it's the only thing causing stress in teens' lives today. Because Facebook stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's very complicated. And Twitter, they're always adding new applications, and no, I don't know what to Twitter. do with it. That's the Twitter. <laughs> so tell us about your life growing up when you've got um, this dad who's a, and then parents who are both focused on healthy issues. I mean, did you... Is it just sort of ingrained in you in terms of what you eat? Do you, you know, is can it, you have Twinkies? Can you, exactly. <laughs> cotton candy, you know, do you get a slap on the wrist? I mean, how was it in your household? I mean, I remember the day, I mean, and my parents aren't even doctors. I came home one day, and you know, my mother was reading Prevention magazine, and she said, we're only having carob, no more chocolate. And I was like, carob? <laughs> carob? Who's carob? You know? I, mean, I, I mean, was it like that for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I always knew what was good and bad for me. I'm, my parents always used to make fun of me because they'd, I would only eat things that were white. Cheese and bread was my entire diet. And I knew in the back of my head that wasn't good for me. I, I knew that when I was eating cheese a grilled cheese, I good, really though. shouldn't be eating it. Yeah, but, cheese and um, bread are better than t- Twinkies. Well, they're very true. I, don't, I never liked Twinkies, actually. It's, it's a confession. I just don't like them. <laughs> very odd. Um, but as I grew up, I, I learned a lot more about the science behind it. I learned that I really should be eating better. And I think having them there, to, they were never forceful about it. They were never like, you're not allowed to eat this. You're not allowed to eat that. They were more just, you shouldn't eat that. This is really good for you, and here's why. And so I'd, I'd learn over time that that's what I should be eating. And then everything regarding, like, exercise and sports and stuff, that was definitely my choice. I, I love all of those things, and I wanted to get involved myself. 
Yeah, so that's that's great to have the athletics because I would think to your point of like teens' lives are so busy. I mean, isn't it just so easy to you know like the rest of the much of the rest of the country feels go to McDonald's? You know, especially when you're a teenager, it's like a time when you're typically eating a lot of junk food, and if you don't have a lot of time and you're trying to squeeze something in, you can grab something quick that's not so good for you. Right. Exactly. It's definitely an issue. Which is why I always say just to keep something healthy in your back pocket or in your bag just so you don't have to binge on, on something like McDonald's. Keep, like, an apple in your bag and a bag of nuts or something that's easy to bring with you and won't won't go bad in your bag um, over the day, but it's definitely healthy at the same time. So so do you find that if you're walking, you know, in the lunchroom in high school or you're walking in the hallway, kids that are eating Twinkies will switch to celery when you walk by? <laughs> no, definitely not. That would be great, though. I'd love to have that effect on people. Get your carrots. Get your carrots out of the I've actually, it's funny you say that, over the past few years, my school has become much more healthy than it was before, even just by the time that I've been there. So when I was in sixth grade, the entire lunch would be fried chicken and french fries, and now we have, like, whole wheat pasta. And yeah, they're and like, Dr. Oz's kids are in the house. Get the whole <laughs> I don't pasta. even think it's me. I yeah. think just people are, are generally becoming more knowledgeable about yeah, it, and they want to change. And Michelle Obama's initiative oh, in yeah. influence schools. They got mm-hmm. rid of, Absolutely. Does your high school still have a soda machine? No, we don't have one. Yeah, they yeah. got rid of soda machines in yeah. high school. That's a big deal. It is a yeah, huge deal. Geez. Great. We had lard machines in my high school. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it basically was a giant vat. You could drop anything in it, it would be fine. You could eat it. And yeah, we, were, barely, we don't even have chips anymore. You it's don't? All fruit and, and Nutrigrain bars and healthy stuff. That gives yeah, me yeah. hope. That <laughs> makes me feel really good, actually. I know. It's yeah. terrific. Yeah. Because you're one of, what, four children. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's and and everybody's on board with eating healthy with all the kids. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we all have our our weaknesses. My favorite food is Cheetos, and I, yeah. I try to eat them as hey, little that, as possible. That, that, but they're great. character. I oh, wait. I, I need to take a non sequitur. As a musician, you mentioned Cheetos. There's a Cheetos commercial now where they're playing chopsticks in a piano shop. Yeah. It's it's just a stupid Cheetos commercial, but they're playing chopsticks in four four. But it's a six-eight song, so I want to find if you know what that means. Anyone yeah. out there? It yeah. it just makes my brain boil that some producer out there allowed a TV commercial. Well, I guess I just negated my own statement <laughs> to actually be the wrong version of chopsticks, but it's for Cheetos. So anyway, I like. I Cheetos wonder if anybody too. else has noticed that, Matt. I'm the only one on the planet that yeah. knows that they made chopsticks in four four instead of six eight. I'm actually sort of proud of Zoe though. I mean, she went because all out for Cheetos because that's got like the dye. I mean, it, that's got a, just such a combination of bad things in for it's you. It's made of nuclear. I think so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're so good. I don't know what it is about them. Maybe it's yeah. the fake cheese. Nuclear and heroin. Yeah. No, they're good. They're fantastic. Well, that's terrific. So, um, TeenDailyStrength.com is the website where you can find your blog. What kind of traffic do you get on that site? Traffic? I mean, how many uh, how many teens sort of use the site on a day to day basis? I don't actually know the number to be honest with you. I'm I'm just there to blog. Okay. Yeah. See me, we'll see me. <laughs> She's not the traffic cop. No, because Daily Strength has been around for a couple of years, and I used to blog for Daily Strength. Oh yeah. Like back in oh seven oh eight. Oh yeah, yeah. Started. Yeah. Yep, yep, All yep. New. No, but it's exciting that they built the vertical market for teenagers because you guys want to don't want to hang out with old people like us. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it's actually helpful to have those grown-ups there sometimes because they're monitoring and making sure it's safe and accurate. So it's great to have them there, like the experts. Um, but at the same time, we feel comfortable with each other because we know we're all teens. Do topics come up like cancer? Yeah, actually, one of my recent blogs was about um, cancer awareness. 
Well, I'd love to read that blog. Yeah. Yeah. We'll track it down. I went on a breast cancer walk um, because we have a a breast cancer organization at my school. Um, And so I recently got on a walk, and I just basically talked about how important it is to to raise awareness and to stay involved. And even if it's just a simple thing like a walk, it it brings it up. It's a a topic. Right. Uh, And our our survivor spotlight tonight was a young man. Actually, he's my age now, but he was a young man when he was sick. He was diagnosed at 13 years old. He was diagnosed at 15 years old. He was in high school. Oh, wow. So I don't know if you have any any students currently enrolled at your high school that are going through cancer treatment, but we learned, you know, firsthand what it's like to be, you know, involved and scrutinized and stigmatized and made to feel even more different than you already might be already at a high school. Right. So it's it's just fantastic that you're already doing that awareness stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really proud of our school. They're they're definitely taking that initiative to the next step. So where are you going? <laughs> you want a TV show? <laughs> that's my goal. That's where I'm going for right now. <laughs> yeah, no, she I'm, wants I'm, to be a mechanic. Yeah. Oh, right, exactly. That's my that's my dream job. Yeah. The world needs mechanics. You always stay employed. That's true. Oh, yeah. Cars always break. During Ford, during a recession. As long as Ford still makes cars, good, we'll need mechanics. Good <laughs> things to know. We just lost Ford as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, like you, you're going to go to college. You have any uh, any prospects where you'd like to go? Um, I, I'm not sure about colleges yet. I definitely, I'm, I'm keeping my doors open. I never want to get so set on one school, you know. Um, but I feel I'm going to go into the family business and be a doctor. So wow, that's, that's predictable. But that's a lot I of school think, ahead of you. I know, I know. You'll see you in school. 20 years when you earn your first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It's a scary thought. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Well, thank um, you so much for having me. You've given us great perspective on hope for the future. Hope for schools. My kids will grow up without soda machines in their school, <laughs> uh, and they'll have cancer awareness. That's good stuff. Go Great. Dwight and uh, all the good stuff coming out of your school. And, again, it, uh, it, can you put this in the chat room, teendailystrength.com, to check out Zoe's blog. Do you have a and all personal website, Zoe? I don't. Okay. And your social but security number? But I have number? an account on, on <laughs> Teen Daily Strength, so okay. if anyone wants to message me. Fantastic. Great. Thank you so much for coming on board. We look Thank forward to, uh, to just watching you grow and do great things. Come back Thank and visit us so again. Good luck driving the car. <laughs> Be you. careful out there on the road. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Bye. Zoe. Take care. Zoe Oz, everyone. So poised. She's great. Yeah. Articulate, intelligent. Very poised. All right, we have two amazing other young ladies here yes, in the crowd. Yes, we do. Yes, we, we do. Lisa, you're going to intro. So let's I take, will. Uh, let's do uh, this one. I was going to do Amy. I was going to do Amy first. Is it, was that song particularly for Sarah oh, or for, for Amy? Both. It's for both. Okay. Equal opportunity. Excellent. Disco Inferno. Amy Barone is Health Course Director of Communication. She brings over 20 years experience in communications, journalism. Yay! Love journalism. And marketing to her role. Prior to this, she worked as Director of Communications and Corporate Marketing for New York State's Chief Economic Development Agency, where she created a quarterly newsletter that served as the chief marketing vehicle for the state. She spent five years in Milan, Italy. That's a good gig. Where she launched a beauty trade magazine for Women's Wear Daily. My old job. That's a fabulous gig. You were at Women's Wear Daily? I missed that on your resume. She published her first poetry book, Views from the Driveway. I love that title. In May 2008, she holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration from Villanova, Pennsylvania, and a Master's in Business Administration from the Thunderbird School of Global Management. That sounds threatening. That is, that sounds what? Threatening. Threatening, the I know. Thunderbolt School. The Thunderbird. Oh, Thunderbird. That's like the booze that you drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, then it's easily awesome. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the wine that you drink. <laughs> 
So tell us about that. And Sarah Frank is a health corps coordinator at Westside High School here in Manhattan. Her work there emphasizes cooking as a way to nourish the body and the mind as it allows students to build self-confidence and interpersonal skills in a terrific setting. She's got a BA from Oberlin College, and that's out in Ohio, and a background in theater, because that's a good theater school over there. That is my old job, actually, background in theater. I know you have a background in theater. Well, you're a musical theater guy. Anyway, Sarah Frank and Amy Barone, we're thrilled to have them here. You you can actually speak now. (laughs) They've been waiting so patiently. They have been. So, Amy. Welcome aboard. Welcome. We'll start with you. You've got this fabulous fabulous background. You bring all kinds of things. How did you get connected with Health Corps? I got connected um, with Health Corps through, um, I guess, roundabout ways, but I had the writing skills. Uh, I knew the president. She actually worked at uh, ESD2, the uh, state's lead economic development agency, but we knew each other casually through doing civic uh, affairs in the city, local campaigns and politics a little bit. And um, when I was, uh, I guess, gently laid off from the state with a new administration, I was just networking, and Michelle said, come on board at one point. Michelle Bouchard's our president. President. And how many, how many folks work at Health Corps? Well, we're we're going to be in 54 schools in October. Uh, wow. We've got some great funding from uh, some California organizations. Uh, Michelle has moved out to Sacramento and opened a West Coast office for Health Corps. So 54 schools. So that would be 54 health coordinators are, you know, mentors, educators like Sarah here who mm-hmm. work full-time carrying out our, our curriculum on nutrition, fitness, and mental strength. And then in our um, office, I guess, I think we have about nine executive staff. And this was founded by uh, Dr. Oz and his wife how long ago? Um, Dr. Oz had the vision, um, I guess in 2003, based on Healthy People, 2010, you know, the government's goal to really get people more cognizant of, you know, preventive care. Right. And before we get to Sarah, just explain to us, because she's kind of right in there at the grassroots level there doing the work. Explain to us exactly, yeah, how, how the organization works. How it works is um, we do a wonderful job of recruiting um, really recent college grads. Dr. Oz wanted to make health hip, and he knew from, you know, having his own family that, you know, teens like listening to other teens or, you know, a mentor is much more influential than, say, a parent or a teacher, and it's really working fabulously. So we uh, recruit really wonderful, passionate young adults, mostly, you know, coming right out of undergrad, and many go on to med school or study nutrition, uh, health policy. They go into a uh, public school in need. You know, we go, we look at at-risk communities, of course, and two years. It's a two-year commitment where they teach full-time and conduct community outreach. A lot of it includes, you know, building gardens and also getting teens actively involved in um, service learning projects. It's really a, a well-rounded and... Um, it's a an initiative that's really um, fulfilling a, a need in communities, and, and it's not there. And they're paid by the organization, or they get yes. a, a little, yeah. We have public and private funding, you know, a lot of generous philanthropists, but we want to grow, and, you know, we want to be in every state. We're in 13 states now. Terrific. So um, anyone out there, <laughs> healthcore.org. <laughs> Great. And uh, Sarah Frank 
is right there doing it at the grassroots level, as we said. So you're at Westside High School in Manhattan. Tell us about what's going on there. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having us on the show, and congratulations on your award. Thank you. Um, what award? I'm sorry? <laughs> Did we win an award? The classy award. Um, so I, I'm actually in my third year as a health corps coordinator because I just couldn't get enough of this job. <laughs> and I work at Westside High School, which is on the Upper West Side, and we have a lot of stuff going on there. Um, in addition to running the main health corps program, which includes teaching uh, once a week in 10 classes. I also helped to start a garden last year in our school and run that. a cooking program. Wow. So we're working on um, putting together a really solid farm-to-table program. And what I've found is that for the students that I work with, cooking is really the gateway for them into health um, in terms of nutrition because um, it's totally hands-on and they have the opportunity to create something that they can feel proud of, and then they realize how much that can help them. Today we um, learned knife skills and cut up a lot of veggies, which usually bring a lot of complaining um, (laughs) from the students that I work with. Vegetables are really not popular at my school. And um, I... Well, they got to work with knives. Wait, wait, if (laughs) if you cover them with cheese, they're fantastic. You know, actually, I had to... Add a little pepperoni on there, and then <laughs> I, I don't usually allow pepperoni when we make pizza. But they piled the veggies on like I had never seen, like literally two inch mountain. Because they had veggies. chopped them themselves, and they could put a little pepperoni. Like it was like, oh, oh right. let's just put everything. That's on. called the yeah, meat, yeah. meat centive. Yeah, yeah, it was a total meat centive, and they <laughs> ate so many veggies. It was awesome. Um, and they were really proud that they had made this pizza themselves. So do you, are you the one that actually teaches them to cook? Is there another chef that comes in, or you know how to do this and you you instruct them? Um, the I was trained in how to do all of this through Health Corps. Wow. Fabulous. Doing the garden, doing the cooking, everything. That's all you. Yeah, I work with other teachers in my school, and we do bring people in. Health Corps also works with an organization called Family Cook Productions that helps us with um, a lot of the cooking program that we do. Um, and you know sometimes it's a big experiment. <laughs> Wait, so what? What are the what are the barriers? I would imagine that depending on the geographic region, whether it's urban or suburban or inner city, there are tremendous barriers to success here, and you're not going to get all the kids to, to adopt this um, when they go home and their parents have fried chicken, or when they go home and their parents deep fry spaghetti, and you know they they or they go out to the McDonald's for breakfast on Saturdays. How do you how do you speak to parents? Because uh, I would imagine they are the stakeholders that hold the cards that these kids are going to come home and say, and then be like, I don't want my kid to learn about. I just did a Texas accent. <laughs> it's probably Texas that'll give you the most shit about this. <laughs> yeah, we are in Texas, actually. Did so they give you shit about it? Relevant. Um, well, I'm not there personally, but I would guess that everybody probably does because it's really <laughs> personal. Yeah. And um, I think that you know you bring up a good point about parents, and it's sort of a double-edged sword. So when you can get parents in, parents are often the gatekeepers, but parents don't come to high schools very often. Right. Um, their students certainly don't want them to. But, but is, is there a communication to the parents of these students that you exist in this high school that yeah. they should be aware of what you're doing? Yeah, we we actually run um, some programs for parents as well. Okay. Um, but one of the reasons we like working with high schoolers is that they are making a lot of food decisions themselves. Many of the students that I work with are entirely on their own and um, are in charge of dinner or even feeding children of their own. 
Um, and they definitely choose what they eat for breakfast and what they eat for lunch. So they have a lot more autonomy at the high school level um, than we might realize, I think, especially in an urban area. I know for me, when I was growing up in the suburbs, um, I, I couldn't, you know, stop somewhere and pick up breakfast. I just went to school um, and ate whatever was in the house. But a lot of my students, they're, they're, you know, stopping for breakfast, they're getting lunch outside, they're making a lot more choices every day around food than I did at their, at their age. And growing the garden, I mean, is there something to, because I have a garden at my house, and it's just amazing when you actually can see where food comes from and how it grows, and that you've done it, you know, really at that level even before the cooking. Is that something that's really helped spark their interest as well in terms of even though they don't like to chop the vegetables or, you know, put the vegetables in? Um, talk to us about that. Yeah, it's it's been really exciting, and it's actually my first time having a garden as well. Um, so it's it's just really, I mean, you nurture these plants, and they grow, and right. they're resilient, thank God. Uh, because Breathing near city air. Especially in a school, you're like, whoops, April vacation. You know, there's a lot yeah. of different yeah. things that come up in a school. So, um, But it's really amazing. We had a, a harvest event, actually, last spring, and this one kid, this is like the perfect quote, um, was, was like, oh, you guys, this salad is amazing. And I was like, really? Did you try it? And he was like, well, no, but... I mean, I know it is because I grew it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a pretty good step. You won't that's, try that's, it. But. Yeah, that's one step in the door right there. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, I wanted to ask Amy just to how you recruit, sort of how competitive is it, what the vetting process is, what do you look for? Well, I know this year um, the candidates had to produce their own video and talk oh. about some ideas they have for health care here. It was huh. a, a big success because, you know, once they get in there um, – they are, they're very creative. They're creative at carrying out their lessons. Um, but, you know, it, it runs the gamut. I mean, we, we do get a lot of students who want to go on to medicine, but um, we go to health fairs. We work through idealist.org. Um, we talk to some other nonprofits. We go to college career fairs. Um, and, and, and we have online applications. If you go to Health Corps, and that's health, C-O-R, org. you can fill out uh, an application online. Put but, that in uh, the chat room, yeah. So you guys have been guns a-blazing for a couple of years now, right? Right. Has there been any longitudinal studies that indicate that you have had a tangible impact on health in these schools? Well, thank you. Um, in the October issue of Childhood Obesity, there is going to be uh, an article on a study conducted here in New York um, carried out by Affinity uh, Health Plan and overseen by Dr. John Cauley of Cornell, and it showed that students in this study, health course students compared to an uncontrolled school, um, drank less soda, had a higher knowledge of health, and did exercise more. So we're excited That's extraordinary. About that. We really are. Cheetos be damned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we're, you know, we're going to do more. It's important, of course, to be measured, but this is coming out in Childhood Obesity and Academic Journal. Is there any chance that this could become a sort of a, a, a state subsidized program where it would be you could demonstrate that this data does do this and it it reduces obesity and increases health literacy where it could be more widely adopted as a standard instead of having to be asked for it could yeah. be pushed yeah we you know we have plans underway we know we can't put uh, a program like this in every school in the right. country. Dr. Oz is aware. So we want to get into some online teaching and education, teach the teacher. 
you know, Health Corps University. So we do have, you know, ambitious plans on the drawing board to really uh, extend this and to get the message out to community residents. It's not just for teens. I mean, we do want the parents, you know, cooking in healthier ways who are there. I mean, some of the teens are parents, as Saren is, but we we really want to spread the word. It's a movement. And is is there messaging for these students to bring home? Can they teach their parents? Here's what I learned today. We shouldn't eat fried macaroni and well, cheese tonight. you know, I get testimonials. You know, when school starts, I get reports from the coordinators out in the field, and I get, you know, quotes from parents. Oh, my gosh. And our cooking program's called Team Battle Chef because sometimes they even go out in public and they do showdowns and compete nice. against each <laughs> other. But um, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, my son's cooking for me. This is great. And they start auditing, like, Dr. Oz wanted this to happen, you know, the refrigerator, they start, you know, portion control, you know, Dad, you had a third helping. I mean, I've seen that. Um, but with the quotes, yes, it, you know, they're bringing the message home, and it is sinking in with some parents. Yeah. And, and, and they love cooking. Like, some of these um, teens now want to go into culinary arts careers. Oh, that's neat. Health. That's awesome. Sarah, how do you see or how much do you talk about the connection? I mean, obviously we're a show primarily about young adult cancer. Um, just, you know, do you talk about the connection of how unhealthy it is and what being overweight or being obese could lead to down the road in terms of illnesses and diseases and how much do these kids sort of see that maybe within the family having to deal with illnesses that might be connection to being overweight or hypertension or some of the things that you address? Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, that... A lot of the students that we work with also have family members who have been through cancer or are, you know, fighting cancer, um, because I think a lot of these things are connected in certain ways. Um, And the thing, the thing about teenagers, and I mean, I'm not that much, that that far away from my teen years, but um, you know, especially as a teenager, you feel very invincible, and it sounds like that's something that's been an asset to some of the people who you bring on your show. but I think it can also be hard for them to understand more of the long-term consequences and really um, create an understanding of what wellness really is and how to work towards that when, you know, at 16 and 17, you feel totally invincible. So I have a lot of students who say, well, Miss, I'm skinny. Or, well, you know, why just today this girl was like, well, I don't understand why I have to go to gym class because I'm skinny. And I was like, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is not the point. Yeah. Um, because we're talking about the rest of your life here. Right. We're not talking about today and tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And so I think that um, that's really where um, another component of our curriculum, we talk a lot about nutrition just now, and we have a lot about fitness, but we have a big component of our curriculum about mental strength and really helping teenagers to imagine, you know, what is your future going to look like and who are you and what are the positive things that you bring to the world? Because I think that, if you don't have a clear sense of yourself, it's very hard to value your long-term health. And so That's a great point. Um, yeah. I really love bringing those things in, and my, my mantra for the year is everyone deserves to be healthy and really trying to help the students that I work with have a long-term picture of where they want to go because many, 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 many of the students that I work with are on the verge of not graduating from high school at all. And so their long-term plans are pretty limited. <laughs> their long-term plans are second senior year. Yeah, they're, I mean, and they, they're not, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, I'll go into a classroom and say, you know, we're going to write down three things that we like about ourselves, and a kid will say, I don't have anything to say. Right. So to give them, you know, 
a few things that they can put down and say, you know, this is why I'm a valuable person, then we can start talking about making healthy choices. But if you don't really value or, you know, have a sense of security in your life or a lot of different things that may be more along the mental health side, it's very hard to, to think about. But your role is, you're not a psychologist, per se. You're not a, like a social worker or a Although licensed. Although it's an aspect of her job, nonetheless. No, but I'm, no, no, I'm, I, don't, yeah. I didn't yeah. mean that as a slide. I mean, yeah. like, like uh, in terms yeah. of, like, you, would you be considered part of, like, an IEP if a child had to be corralled in a certain way? Or is this a completely separate entity within the school? Sep- totally separate entity. Okay. So I actually work really closely with the social workers okay. because a lot of times um, health care coordinators often serve as mentors. So students will come to us and, you know, there's always there's very clear boundaries in terms of reporting and specific things that people say. But if I, I heard relating to cancer, a student of mine had a family member who was suffering from cancer. And I, and I said, you know, do you know the social worker? And he said, oh, yeah, I haven't talked to him. And I said, well, you know, I'll tell him to check in with you. He said, okay, you know, that'd be great. So we, you know, I'm, I'm very quick to say, oh, this is not, this is not where, where I'm at, but, you know, right. this person is, and they're really nice, and I'll go with you, and we can talk right. to them. So we're really, our role is to connect people to the resources that are there in the school or in the community. It's yeah. ama- Sorry, Matthew, go ahead. No, no, here's your question. No, I was just going to say it's amazing that, you know, even if you don't have a certain amount of self-respect, you still might want the right sneakers to sort of make you look right or the right shirt. And it's amazing that we're still in this culture don't value I should put no, squiggly bands the now. right foods into my body because that will actually make me look better and feel better and, you know, more than that pair of jeans will or that great pair of whatever the, whatever the latest hot, you know, shoe is that the kids are wearing. I think the Air yeah. Jordans are back. Are they? I was yeah. going to say Air Jordans, but again, I was afraid to date myself there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like to say to my students that it's really all about priorities. And um, we work in healthcare with mostly low-income populations, and people do make a lot of choices about what they want to spend their money on. But, you know, often in the United States, we think that the only thing we're looking for in food is cheapness, whereas, you know, we might buy an iPhone because it can go on the Internet. Right. So maybe I should buy a lunch that can provide me with protein and, you know, vitamin D or whatever it is that I'm looking for. And the thing is, ultimately, if you can, I mean, it's a lot to ask people to all grow their own food, but if you can at least cook at home and bring stuff from home, that's che- that's a lot cheaper than going out and buying stuff elsewhere Absolutely. for the most part. Yeah. My, I have a, my, I guess we've got to wrap up soon, but my, my question for you actually comes from James, and actually someone else commented on a, 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 a tweeted me. Do you have like an alumni network of students who've graduated having gone through this experience at health at their school, and if so, do they stay skinny? Do they stay healthy? <laughs> do they start eating McDonald's? Do you have any way of tracking the retention of the impact you have on them yet? You know, we're working on it. We have a big media, you know, revitalization going on because we're on Facebook, but we just want to make it, you know, easier and snappier and stay in touch with our our coordinators. A lot of them are in med school and doing great things. But we need to do that better. Um, A lot of coordinators stay in touch with their students. And I even speak to a few former students because, you know, some of them, when they drop weight, they've been empowered. Right. And I think they... Dr. Oz's thing is I want to give these teens simple lifestyle changes. It's not don't do this, don't do that, but it's, you know, it's slowly empowering them by, you know, reading a food label right. or wearing a pedometer. So 
it's important for us to track that, and we want to track them, you know, on our website. And I wasn't asking as as a sort of a criticism. I was because I think that'd be awesome. Just like you can say that these schools clearly have X, Y, and Z, you can prove that. Would how awesome would it be to know five years from now, like these hundreds of children you're touching every year, are now, you know, jackalanding themselves to other people, <laughs> and you know, doing yoga and teaching. You know, they'd become health empowerment you know, aficionados. And That'd I, be amazing. We could use them here, actually. Yes, <laughs> I could use them. I think Teen Daily Strength might actually be able to fill that. Um, Health Course partnered with Teen Daily Strength, and if we can create an online community, which is really where things are happening right now, that could keep us all together and motivating each other and celebrating success. Right. And if I didn't have 17-month-olds, this wouldn't nearly be as important to me. But I want my kids to grow up without soda machines. Like that's a, that's really important to me. And sure. the fact that it's actually happening now, and they still have what, 13 years left to go to high school, well, we should be much better by then. So let me ask you this: um, Dr. Oz has a lot on his plate, <laughs> including a daily TV show. How involved can he be, or is he, in the organization? Uh, he's very involved. Uh, he was um, in D.C. last week. He was, um, you know, giving a panel discussion for a um, a big organization, but he found time to visit our school in D.C. Uh, we have two schools there, um, and it was great. He loves the teens. He sees his vision happening, and um, he's chairman of our board. So when he can, he visits the schools. We're growing, so we're in more states, and um, he's very active. Have you met him yet, Sarah? Um, yeah, actually, several times we have had meetings with him where he asked the coordinators to help build the strategy for Health Corps moving forward. So it's really exciting to what be a, part of it. That's a great opportunity. Well, count Kenny in. <laughs> you know, I'm going to start a tracking uh, system for people who work for this company and gain 20 pounds <laughs> after being hired. Oof. We have a water cooler, you know. Yeah, Wait. I'll go on an all-water diet. Mr. Nine Packets of Sweet and Low in your coffee. Uh, fast track to the good life. Well, we have some granola bars, and we have, uh, what else, some oatmeal? We have granola bars, fiber one, uh, shredded wheat cereal, and, and, uh, and oatmeal. I'm going to start a rooftop garden. Could you? I would love that. Yeah. I'm yeah. afraid in, what's in up this, on the roof. In this room. Right, right. <laughs> so, Sarah, do you see yourself um, going on to med school like a lot of your colleagues or no, or what's 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 the big picture plan here? Um, med school is definitely not the picture. I was a theater major, as you said before. Right, right. Um, Straight or musical? Um, directing, actually. Oh, okay. Oh. Straight or musical? Or both. She does okay. have that command about her. Okay. Um, and I, that's not really what I want to do now, but I am interested in going into education. So oh, great. That, yeah. that will be that's my next step. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Terrific. This, 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 I mean, this is why we wanted you on the show, because it's like these teenagers, I, I found old when they say that. Mm-hmm. These kids today <laughs> are so much smarter than us. They are so much smarter than us. Like I just, but like, that's great. It is great. I mean, yeah. Kenny's twenty-four, and these kids blow him away. So, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're smart now? There are there are thirteen-year-olds as smart as you now. Good. Yeah, I'll hire two of them. <laughs> what? So, and and Amy, just talk about you know more of the future of where you see health corps going. Obviously, you want to get into more schools, more states. More states. You know, we'd like to have a presence in every state. It's important. But, you know, we know we, we have to do it in different ways, teach the teacher, um, you know, invite teachers, you know, come in and sit on different training sessions. But um, it looks like we're getting the word out very well. Yeah, so how does, that, how does that ultimately happen? I mean, that the, that the school is sort of convinced. I mean, that's got to be 
a pretty long process, it would seem. You know, at the school has to make a commitment. We do form wellness councils and encourage, um, you know, administration, faculty. Um, in Laurel, Delaware, we have the local mayor who's on our wellness council. Oh, great. Um, it's important for that commitment to be there, but we're going into high-need schools, so it doesn't really take much. They just have to, you know, welcome our coordinators, give them an office, and they'll work with school food. We do ask for a mentor, but our coordinators are on their own. It really takes the onus off the school, who many of them are worried about test scores, and there is a lot of bureaucracy, as we all know, in the public school system. So our coordinators come in, and they're helping the, the teens build the gardens and do things that I think many teachers today just don't have the freedom to do. Sure, sure. So um, we just want to grow. You know, the program's gotten so rich with Team Battle Chef and uh, national things are standardized. So we just want to get into more schools and states and uh, spread the word to communities. Well, if do you have any schools on Long Island yet? No. But you'll never be able to grow a garden. Why? Because Long Island's a cesspool. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure I had a garden. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that pit of mud in front of your house was in the garden. Yeah, and all the people who drink wine in the Hamptons, tell that to them. That's not a garden. That's a that's a vineyard. Well, <laughs> and the, the local farm you, you stands. You should plant vineyards in high they school. They do have local farms. <laughs> high school vineyards? Yeah, there we go. Lots of farms where I live in the Hudson Valley, including, like I said, our... People live in the Hudson Valley? <laughs> yes, they do. And up in the mountains as well. Well, this is great. This is a great show, Health we just, Corp. We just drove the conversation into it's time to go. We did. <laughs> um, but terrific information, great organization. Serious stuff, really important stuff. Gives me hope. Smart young kids. Thanks. Smart young adults. Yeah, Sorry. I'm literally we smart young adults. Future young adult cancer activists. It's exciting. That's not, real... not survivors, activists. Yeah, that's yeah. really exciting. What a great program. So thank you guys for coming in. Thank you so much, Amy I hope Barone. this was valuable to you guys. It was valuable to us. We hope everyone uh, really enjoyed listening tonight. Amy Barone and Sarah Frank from Health Corps and Zoe Oz. Zoe Oz. Sounds like one big word, Zoe Oz. Zoe Oz. Zoe Oz. Zoe Oz. Um, is that it? I think that's it. That All was, right. That was an enjoyable show for me. That was me. a very good show. I hope it was for everyone else and our guests and our listeners. Good um, stuff. All right, so uh, we'll be back next Monday, and uh, let's hit our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, everybody, that is tonight's show, our 197th broadcast, inching closer to number 200. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer. We'd like to thank our on-air and interview guests, Kenny Kane, James Manning, Amanda Freeman, Matt Klein, Zoe Oz, Amy Barone, and Sarah Frank. All right, come back and visit us next week when the show is about the film, Wrong Way to Hope, all about young adult survivors, terrific inspirational film. And we will have the director of Wrong Way to Hope, Aaron Bryant. Mike Lang, who's the producer of Wrong Way to Hope. He's a young adult survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma. And we will have two featured in the film, a young adult survivor of ovarian cancer, Jennifer Luce, and Lori Hinsberger, who is a young adult survivor of colon cancer and a public speaker and educator, all from Wrong Way to Hope. And then kicking it off in our Survivor Spotlight is Megan Hilfrant, 
She's a visual artist, and she's a young adult survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma. If you've missed any of our past shows, all 196 of them, download them all for free on iTunes at itunes.stupidcancer.com or check out the archives anytime at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Lisa Bernhardt, myself, and our whole team here at the Stupid Cancer Show, have a great week. Good night, everybody. Bye.